right. Sorry. It's a, a kid's camp thing. You say, bear with me, and they all go, like they're a bear. Anyway. Um, <laughs> wow, that just came back. That was a while ago. Um, I want to I speak out some names of God. And, and I was realizing I was doing that in worship, and then we talked about Jehovah Rapha. We talked about uh, Jehovah Nitzi, that banner over me. Um, and I want to go through some names of God. And, and I want you to pay attention to this. If this is a, a name that sticks out to you of God that you need, of God that you need to cry out for. Because sometimes it helps to focus our prayers when we know God is a God of, and these are, these are just a list of names, but there, there are so many more names that we, we have in the word for Jesus. And, um, but these are some of the, the L's and the, the Jehovah's. <laughs> um, El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. El Elyon, the Most High God. Adonai, Lord, Master. Yahweh, Lord and Jehovah. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Reah, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. I always like that one, Sidkenu. Anyway, um, Jehovah, uh, I always get this one wrong though, Makadish Kem, Makadish Kem, the Lord who sanct- uh, sanctifies you. Elolam, the everlasting God. Elohim, God. Kana, jealous God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. So those are just a, a, a good little collection of names of God. And if there's a name that really stood out to you as a name that... Um, you just want to pray this morning for you or for, for someone else even. Um, we're just going to take a moment. We're going to pray uh, and just pray that God would be that to you today. Be that to your friends, for those that need healing, for those that, that need to see that banner over you. Think about those armies when they had a banner rallying point. It was a place to go to. Um, Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would be who you are for us. Help us to be mindful of what you can do and be mindful of, of who you are and who you've said that you are and that we can rely upon that today, that we can rely upon you in the midst of our fill-in-the-blank, maybe our suffering, maybe our loneliness, maybe our... Uh, our, 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 our fear, because we, we talk about how fear has been cast out. We're no longer slaves to it. But we're children of God. We thank you for that. 
We praise you for that because you are our God, our Elohim. We praise you. Go before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. This morning, we are continuing in Light the Dark, which is a series in the book of John, um, which I really, really love this whole idea of lighting the dark. It's not just lighting the dark for others, which is evangelism, right? We're, we share the gospel, we share uh, like the book of John with others, and that's lighting their darkness. But in a way, it's what Jesus has done for all of us in lighting the dark, in lighting the way, the way that we're called to. Amen? When I was a kid, there, was, um, there were so many things I wanted to do when I grew up. Anybody else like that? I know that there's some people that pretty much from the beginning, they knew what they wanted to do. Anybody in here like that? Really, I'd, I'd like to see. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> I didn't say your name. Come on. Come on. But some people, anybody that knew what they wanted to do and they, they went and did it? Yeah? I, I was one that I just had so many different things that it, I just, probably still, I don't know. I was just like, oh, I, I want to pick up that and do that. And I think Gary's kind of similar. He's going to try new things and... Um, but I, 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 there were so many different things I wanted to be or do or, or have when I grew up. And, and I, I, I'm not sure if you remember those dreams as a kid. Do you remember those dreams that just like, that you just like, I, I, just, I just wanted to do that thing. Or have you ever sat with a kid and listened to their dreams? It's pretty amazing, isn't it? There, there are these, these dreams that they have that are, that are very direct. They're very blunt dreams, right? I'm going to do this. It's very, very simple. They're very fearless in what they dream. And at times, they're kind of prophetic. Because if you, if you hear a child talk about their dreams, it's always something you want to make sure to kind of lock that away somewhere especially if it's a kid that you know and you know you're going to know him for a while because you want to see what happens. And and the prophetic can really come even in the mouths of babes, right? My aunt um, has told me many times that when I was a kid, um, I I would say that I was going to be a pastor. Now, she she said that sometimes when I was really um, kind of failing at it and Middle school, um, you were going to be a pastor? Really? Um, but she would tell me this, and, and I'm not sure how reliable that was, because around the same time, I would also tell my family that I wanted um, to move to the country and change my name Cowboy. <laughs> if anybody knows me well, that's not necessarily my form of music, um, so it didn't really work out real well. I think I just liked the fashion. That was mostly it. The boots. You could spit. Anyway. But I always had a desire to help people. I had this desire to, to, to help. I, I didn't know what that meant, and, and it kind of impacted a lot of what I, I thought I would do. And um, I ended up cycling through many ideas for careers. Um, a lot of it was cycling through the, um, the arts, thinking I was going to be this this actor, director, 
talented waiter. Um, and, and yet that's not what it came down to. And, and in a way, there was a prophetic word in my life that I came back around to and realized much later that I was called to pastor, to, to be a helper. Um, and, and I'm very glad that I did. And the interesting thing for me is that my daughter consistently has been telling us that she wants to help others. Interesting, right? We all have a call on our lives, don't we? And it, it's kind of this odd thing, calling. Um, I actually met a, one of our professors when I was um, in grad school. Um, he had his PhD, and his dissertation was on calling. And I was like, well, that's kind of a simple thing to do a 150-page paper on. <laughs> and then I heard kind of his presentation on it, and it was like, wow, I've never gone that deep into what calling's about. <laughs> but it, it is interesting to me how many people don't know what their calling is. They, they, they couldn't find their calling in a well-lit room and with help. And, and yet, our lives are centered around calling. The lives that God has for us are centered around that calling. And sometimes I think that people can't find it, but they don't realize that they're already walking in it, that calling. They're already operating in that calling. I think some people think, oh, I'm called, so i got to go to Bible school, and I've got to do this and become a professional, whatever that is. But that's not necessarily the case. We are called to be whatever it is that we're doing, right? We're called to be in the job that we're in. Maybe you're a, you were a mom, and that's, that, that is probably one of the highest professions in, in, in my um, heart, is a parent, a mom, a dad, um, teachers. We have our first responders, police, fire, all these, all these callings, as it were, that God can call you to. And use you through. Maybe you're an orchardist, right? How many people's lives did you come in contact with? Just a few? Or a whole bunch? A whole bunch, yeah. We all have a call on our lives, and what it may look like will differ in accordance with our unique giftings, in accordance with the timing in our lives, because sometimes our calling may shift. Our gifts and our, our talents um, are not limited to what we do as a job, are they? We have gifts and talents that God has given us that, that we may be doing this for a while, and then another season we're doing something completely different. I led worship for 20 years, and now I'm a senior pastor. It's in the same realm, I, it's not as drastic as some changes, but, but it is drastic to me. And it was listening to that calling on my life to follow. It's also in our individual choices and our acceptance of that calling in our lives. You know, that, that's actually one of the biggest things, is being able to accept what it is that we want to do 
what it is that we have a desire to do, that, that thing that as a kid we're going, oh, I just want to do that. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a teacher. I want to be fill in the blank. And when you got to that place where you really realized this is, this is something that I want to do, or you just, you're just doing so you can feed your family, and it happens to end up being a career, it's the acceptance of that as a calling from God on your life. So light the dark. Um, the title this morning is Hear the Call. You know, the question of who you, who are you? Who are you? It's such an insidious question, isn't it? Who are you? You know, and I, and I think about like, like uh, millennials nowadays, or, or even younger now, because millennials are starting to kind of get up to where they already have careers now, right? Um, there's the Gen Z, is it now? Yeah. When, when we had that question asked of us in, in middle school and high school, who are you? It's like, oh, I don't know. Right, and you you got this whole point where you get out of high school and you head to college or you head to something else because you got to go find yourself. Right, one of the craziest thoughts. Right, is I got to go find myself. You're right there. <laughs> Have you ever? Okay, go to the mall, go up to the sign that has all of the the stuff in it, and look for the big red dot, and it says you are here. Done. Practical. Right. But there's this, this idea, this becoming self-aware enough to understand this question and be able to answer this question. It's something that, that it doesn't matter what age group you are in, that question, question will still be asked of you. And there are times in our lives where we might not know who we are and we're not millennials or we're not Zoe's age. And we still need to find that you are here. Anybody else have that? Is this just Jeremy? When we read the word, there are times where we, there are times where it does both. It it, it may give us that big red dot of you are here. But there are other times where it rattles your cage and makes you understand, I've, I've laid all of my eggs in this basket and that's not who God's saying I am. What do I do? How do I shift that so that I become who I am? The song we sing today that who you say I am. We did a couple new songs this week and I apologize. I try to do like one and but I had to do that song cuz it's it really fit with this idea of who you say I am. That is ultimately where the calling in your life stems out from. Is from where we read in here of who God says we are. Who is it that he says we are? His children. And and we were talking about this. Children have fearless dreams, do they not? They have these direct, bold dreams. Why is it that we get to a place in our life where our dreams become vanilla? I mean, I like chocolate, so I'm picking on the vanilla right now. You might like strawberry, whatever. But there's, there's something about, I mean, does your dreaming stop when you retire? 
it shouldn't, there's somewhere in here where it was talking about how um, uh, old men will dream dreams, young men will have visions. Shouldn't it be the other way around? Shouldn't it be old men because they're wise and they've got the gray hair, have the visions? I got that right, right? It's not bad, yeah. But like the dreams, you'd think that the kids should have the dreams, right? The kids are the ones that should put together all these things. Oh, I'm going to do all this. Why the heck is there a bucket list? That's dreaming, right? There are things that, hey, you know, I've never done that before. Okay, there's a couple of things I probably wouldn't do. Um, Jumping out of an airplane does not appeal to me whatsoever. Um, Perfectly good airplane. I enjoy looking out of an airplane. But jumping out of it, I don't know that I would enjoy that. You've done that before, though, right, Gary? Yeah, okay. Um, anybody else in here done uh, bungee jumping or jumping out of an airplane? Anybody? Anybody? Is that just Gary? Whew. God bless you, Gary. You're the, you're the excitement guy for us. Rocky Road over there, I'm just saying. Uh, maybe Spumoni. You know, that's kind of out there. Um, what? It's a good. I like it. Um, but that, I'm starting to lose it. Okay, come back. Come back. Come back to center. Come back to center. There's something about things that you may have dreamed when you were younger that it's okay to dream. It is okay to dream. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to have visions and you're not going to have wisdom for, for the other generations that are to come. But there's something about not losing sight of dreaming not losing sight of dreams that you may have had. You know, there's some, okay, that, that was, that was kind of frivolous. That was me as a kid. But there's some things. And I know there's some things going through your mind right now that cause you to go, but, 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 whatever, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like but fear. <laughs> but I'm too old. But I'm too young. But I'm... Butts just get in the way, okay? Anyway. Um, needing to be self-aware enough to answer the question of who you are. We need to understand our strengths and how, how those uh, strengths can help others and to see our weaknesses for the opportunities that they are. When we're self-aware enough to know of our failures and to know of our weaknesses and be able to work through those, be able to understand that God has even given us opportunity in those, the dreaming's easier. To be aware of that there um, is what we are called to and the things that we may never have been called to at all. Anybody try to go after things that you may not have been called to? Me as an actor, that was, that was so glad. Thank you, Jesus. Just have a prayer service right on that. Um, met a few. So glad I'm a pastor. Um, there are things that I remember when, when Kelly and I first met, I... I was very much the type to be like grabbing on the, the next thing, right? I, I, I wanted to be an actor and God kind of t- 
took that away, and I was I was teaching martial arts, and I was like, I'm going to be a martial arts instructor, so I'll just I'll, I'll focus on that, and and that got taken away. It was like one of the worst times to even think about starting a studio. There was like no good martial arts movies out, so like nobody was wanting to do martial arts. Um, I actually went to a gym, and they said, Yeah, we'll give you a free gym membership if you teach a class or five, you know, and I was like. Not paid? No, 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 no. You'll just you you'll get free membership. That's it. Oh, okay. Um, I I tried to grab onto thing after thing after thing, and and it was after I got to the point where I let go all of all of those things that I thought my calling was, that my calling became very evident and very clear. And I think that this happens in our lifetime. And again, I think sometimes we have to we have to strip out the clutter. We have to strip out those things that, that may hold us back from that calling in our life. And sometimes it's, it's, it's physical clutter in our homes. Sometimes it's, it's emotional clutter, spiritual clutter. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, emotional clutter. There, there are relationships that, that can really hold on to us um, hurtful relationships. It can be people at work or people that you know or maybe your kids um, that maybe you have to change the, the aspect of that relationship so that that does not remain as clutter but it's moved to the side so that you can be able to move in that area and see what it is you're called to do at that time. Does that make sense? That's kind of a random thought there. Um, but there's something about getting to that place of self-awareness where, where we can. We can strip away down to the things that we're called to. Um, let's look at uh, John the Baptist in John chapter 1. And I'm looking at John um, chapter 1, verse 20 through 23. Uh, 20 through 23. He confessed and um, did not deny, but, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they said to him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are, are you the prophet? He, he answered, and he answered, no. They said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord um, as the prophet Isaiah said. He knew who he was. To the point where he could answer it, and, and he knew that he was, he was a, a, an answer to prophecy. Just, just like Jesus answers prophecy, right? His life answered so much prophecy, but there was one prophecy that John fit John had to fit. To be that one voice crying out in the wilderness was John's role. Now, he stripped away distractions, although I think whatever he was wearing was probably pretty itchy. That could have been a distraction. He ate the same thing all the time. You haven't take the distraction of a menu. I mean, that, that, that could be a distraction to some people. But he was very focused on that, on that role, very focused on what he was called to be. And if you really want to see somebody that, that heard and followed their calling to an extreme place, it's always good to look at someone like John the Baptist. 
He took it to a very extreme place. He was clear of who he was and who he was not. He was not Jesus or Elijah. Some may never um, have understood who he was and the role that he was to play, yet he understood that God was calling him to be in the kingdom, to be that that person to proclaim. He, he was that trumpeter at the, at the beginning of the, the procession that was leading people into the kingdom. And he played out that role. When we understand who we are in God's kingdom, there is a confidence and a purpose nothing can touch. This may sound like a well-duh statement. Okay, you've heard, have you ever heard me say that? Well, duh. It's like, okay, well, duh. You know, if you say something and everybody's like, well, duh. Um, sometimes people will say stuff in my life and, and, and they'll say that and it's like, well, duh. But usually when I say that, it's like, okay, I could have said that, but I didn't have enough clarity to get that. So somebody else had to say it. And then I'm like, well, duh, because it's so simple, right? So this is one of those well, duh statements. That when we understand who we are in God's kingdom, there's a confidence and a purpose that nothing can touch. Number one, you are called to be you. Yeah, John was a little weird. He wore like, um, was it camel hair? And ate honey and locusts. Yeah, vegan, probably paleo. No, the honey probably wouldn't be. Well, you know. Local honey. He was, yeah, brewing his own coffee. I don't know. Um, you were created for a reason. And this is the part that some people, like I, I've told you before, I wrestle with anxiety. I, um, and there are others that wrestle with like um, depression and and. and fear comes along. And and the thing is, is that you were created for a reason, and that is just a condition. And that reason that you were created is not for you to say, no, I I, I just shouldn't have even been born. Because you know what? First off, you were created for his pleasure. Think about Adam and Eve. Adam, Adam walked with God in the cool of the evening in the garden. Why did, why did God walk with him? Because he enjoyed his, his relationship with him. Why did he send Jesus? So that he could have a relationship mended with humanity, with you. With each of us in this room and beyond. There's only, what, 7 billion, going towards 8 billion people on this planet? He wanted to mend a relationship with all of them. From the beginning of time to the end. Yet we are also created for some purpose. Do you know that? And though that purpose may shift as we age, it may, uh, it may change as we mature with Christ and, it, and gather new skills that go into that as we, um, or change skills or some of our skills may get rusty that we no longer need to use. Um, 
And all of that is still a part of our individual calling. John's calling was clear to him, and he was not to be deterred from it. Now he was martyred, as we see, he was beheaded. But he stuck to that calling all the way through. Um, Abraham's purpose was to be the father of nations. Starting with some lofty um, goals there. Um, <laughs> Moses, too, was, was to be the one to free God's people but recognize that his calling, he understood his calling at 80. 80. He ran from his calling at 40. And even Jesus had a purpose in being our savior, the previewer of the kingdom of God and the redeemer of all people into that kingdom. We see this in John's revealing of Jesus, and this is a little further down in John, uh, John 1, 29 through 34, it says, um, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for um, this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel, and John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend um, from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Completion of a calling, yeah? As believers, we are part of this extensive fellowship. If you notice when you start a conversation with somebody, you find out they're a believer, there is, it's like a camaraderie. It's like, you, you know, it's like, have you ever um, seen the conversations with, with, um, with the pilots or, or uh, military from like World War II and they, they discover one another and they just go into this zone, this place where they're just, oh, you remember this? Oh, yeah. And it's like, you, you, want, you want to sit there and be a fly on the wall and listen because there's history being spoken, right? But there's this, this camaraderie that we as believers have something similar to that, but better. Because we're able to talk in very clear words about Jesus, the kingdom of God, what Jesus has done for us. Hey, can I pray for you? Somebody you don't even know. And it becomes this, this interplay that you can have with this extensive fellowship. Number two, you are called to be witnesses. You're called to be witnesses. What do witnesses do? Witness. They testify. They see what God can do. Well, I mean, witnesses do. They see what happened, and they tell what happened. Well, in this case, we see Jesus. We see what Jesus can do. We see what he does in our life, and we share that with other people. You know what Jesus did for me? This doesn't have to be some profound like theological dissertation 
I mean, it can be that, and there are things that are amazing and people that have come um, to Jesus through those things, but most of the time, they come from people giving a personal invite to somebody. Hey, you want to go to church with me? Or, hey, you want to study the book of whatever in the Bible, and, and we'll talk about it? And you've never done this before, but, but we'll talk about it, and we'll talk about what Jesus has done for me and then get you to a place where maybe Jesus has done something for you and we could just kind of hang out. Anybody have a conversation like that with anybody? Okay, maybe you're not as random as I. But we're called to be witnesses, and each of us has a unique calling on our life as well. And, and, and yet the root of our calling is to, be, is to be a witness to the world, a witness in the world, but not of the world, right? We're to be in that world being able to say, hey, hey, I know what fixes that. I know, I know what, what I, I've had that happen. I can, I can attest to that. I can witness to that. Jesus. That's the answer. Now, understand that I am challenging you to be a witness. I understand this. I hope you understand this. This is a challenge. A challenge is usually something that's hard to do. So, like, if I go hiking with Gary, it's a challenge. If I go hiking by myself, it's usually a block. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but there's something in having somebody challenge you to something. I, I think that Jesus' words challenged us, saying, go into all the world, baptizing those, you know, being a witness. But I, I think I, I need to give you a personal invite here. Hey, guys, let's go be witnesses. Can we do that? You're probably already doing it, so I'm just I'm challenging you to do something that you're already doing. But take a step further. You, you might be witnessing into somebody's life or, or seeing somebody discipled or, or helping them. But you know what? There's somebody else in your life that you know you haven't really talked about Jesus with. You haven't really talked to them about, uh, about what Jesus has done for you. Yes? Yeah? You thinking of somebody? No? You need to get out more. <laughs> there is, I mean, part of it's hard because you, you come here and it's like you can't witness to these guys. I mean, well, maybe a few. I, I, I don't know. Come on, that was a joke. We used to joke on uh, the place we lived in California. The pastor uh, was on, on the same property as the church. We were on the same property as the church, and we had a uh, maintenance couple that were on the property as a church, and we, we talked about how we need to pray for our, our, our neighbors to get saved. Um, it's one of those things. Um, but there are unique things, unique ways with your experience that you can approach witnessing to others um, that nobody else can. There are people that you might have contact with that, Nobody else does. And let's look at John um, 1, 40 through 42. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first followed his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ, he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. Um, you shall be called um, uh, Caiaphas, uh, Cephas, Cephas, 
which later Ferris comes out. Anyway, uh, Ferris is also related to Peter, um, which means Peter. Um, understand that you, you're called to be yourselves. You're called to be who you are. You're called to have your little idiosyncrasies, your, your mannerisms. You're called to be that person that you are, the person that looks back at you from the mirror, that nobody else quite sees you the same way because you get the mirror re- reflection, for one, and you're seeing out of your own eyes. Nobody else is going to see that unless you do selfies on, on Instagram. We're not going to go there. Um, but you're called to be yourselves. Be yourself. You know, the whole thing, like, know yourself. Well, okay, great. But just be yourself. Be who you are, who God's created you to be. You're called to be a, a witness to all that God is doing for you. And number three, you are called to be disciples that bring disciples. In those words of Je- those last words of Jesus, it says, go into all the world and make disciples. What's a disciple? Follower. There's a definition that we can get stuck on for this term, um, disciple, a follower or learner is the most prevalent definition. I, I believe that's, that it's not quite right. It's a good start. Uh, understand me. It's just not quite right. Did you know that the term disciple is probably better descriptor for us as followers of Jesus than the term Christian? Christian was, it started as little Christs, and it was like a derogatory term. Follower of Christ, a disciple, a dusty one. I don't know if you ever heard that. Followers of rabbis would follow so close on the road that they would get dusty in the dust from their rabbi. Dusty ones. So just a follower is one thing, but a follower that gets so close and so ingrained in their, who they are following. We should be called disciples before Christians. Christians is a great uh, cultural term, but I, I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want to be a, f- a follower of the way, which is actually what they called themselves before Christians stuck. <laughs> You, you see, a, a disciple of Jesus is like the parable of the good soil in Matthew 13. Um, as good soil disciples, we hear and understand the gospel of Jesus. We share it, share our lives, and there is multiplication that comes because of that. The 30, 60, 100 fold. And I, now, now, before you get, get ready to throw something at me, numbers are not what it is all about. However, fruitfulness does indicate replication. So being a follower as a disciple is not the only thing because a disciple reproduces. A disciple is going to get dusty, but going to turn around and bring somebody else along that could get dusty with them. That is disciple. You see it in God's word over and over and over and over again, but it starts out right off the beginning. Go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. How are you being called? 
What does it look like? Are you being called into new territory? We as a church have been called into new territory. Have you felt that? This is not to discount the territory we've been in before. I mean, ultimately, we're, we're continuing to take laps around the mountain, right? <laughs> People of Israel are going around the desert. Just a different part of the desert. Okay, here we go. But in a sense, there, there's something about making that, getting into that new territory that kind of challenges us to get into new territory, does it not? Are you being called to continue faithfully in territory you have already been operating in? Because that's a, that's a hard one, is to continue to go faithfully, right? Faithful, faithful, faithful. And you're wanting fruitful to come along, but you're just being faithful. A lot of people these days, they don't get perseverance, do they? Our country doesn't get perseverance. I'm not going to go there. Um, are you unsure of how you're being called? Are you confused about that? Who have you been called to go to? The thing is, all of that, any of the questions that you have about calling, about discipleship, about, about following and, and multiplying, all of that, the greatest thing that we have is Jehovah. Jehovah Nisi, the banner over us, that gathering point. We can go to God and we can say, God, I don't understand this. I don't understand what my calling is. I don't understand how I can be called to do something where I'm standing. Anybody feel that? Maybe the pain I've gone through or maybe the, the things that I'm having to wrestle with in my life. How am I supposed to be called in that to go a disciple? Be a disciple and to disciple others. How am I supposed to do that? Go to God. Go to his word. Go to prayer. We have prayer tonight. 530? 530? 630. Six. Six? Do we have seven? No. (laughs) You guys have the program? I don't. Um, Oh, I do, actually. It's right here. I have a bunch of them. Okay, 6.30. Yes? Okay. God can clarify this, though, isn't it? He can clarify me. Um, Go to this. If you ever wonder (laughs) if I'm giving the wrong time, clarification. Um, But all we need to do to get that clarification of the calling in our life, the change in the calling in our life, the sustaining of the calling in our life, is to go to God. And there are times where you're like, oh, I'm already going where, where I feel like I'm supposed to be going. This Jeremy challenging me to witness. Wah. But when you go to God and he's like, yeah, yeah, I really want you to go there. It's harder to say, well, whatever, Jeremy. You, know, you, could, you can't say that to God. Oh, whatever, God. Well, I mean, you could. But if you're wanting to chase after him, if you're wanting to follow him and get dusty, you want to go where he wants you to go, don't you? You want to be where he wants you to be, and you want to be able to speak his love to those that need to hear it. It may just be us. It may be our family. It may be people you're already speaking it to. 
I don't know. Go to God and see what he has to say for this. Amen? Um, I had a couple things that I wanted to, to pray for before we head out. Um, so set your stuff aside for the moment. Um, we talked about the names of God, and we, we prayed for that. Um, we, we have talked about calling this morning, getting dusty, discipling, following, following and. I guess that would be the way. Dis- discipleship should be following and. And I think that it might be good for us to pray about that. Pray about if there are those of you that, let's just bow our heads, close your eyes. And if there are those of you in this room right now that don't, don't know what your calling is, you're confused by that, you're, um, you're wanting to clarify that, you, you want God to clarify that in your life, I want to invite you, just, just raise up your hand. Yeah? Anybody else? All right. Yeah. I always want that. Father God, I just pray right now for those in the room that are that are needing that clarification in what you've called them to. God, I just pray right now um, in the midst of this, this time that we celebrate you, clarify that for them. Begin that clarification process. Cause them to, to think about maybe uh, some of your word that just kind of has, it, it sticks in their mind and they want to go back and read it when they get home and that you would clarify for them what you're calling them into. Praise your Father God for that. Um, for those of us that already know where you've called us and are operating in that, pray for perseverance, faithfulness, strength, um, the ability to speak that out to others. And praise you, Father God. Praise you for that. For those of you in this room that maybe you've never received Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity. If that is you, I want you to just raise your hand, make, make eye contact with me here, and then we'll pray for you. Anybody? Well, thank you, Father God. We just want to thank you for this time um, to celebrate you. We, we, we do celebrate you. We thank you. We praise you. Um, we pray, God, as we go out that you would um, help us to be encouraged by your word, lifted up by your word and your life. And Jesus, that you would speak through our lips as we go out into this world um, and, and maybe bump into others that know you or bump into those that need to know you. Um, use us as your witnesses uh, to give testimony, uh, to testify to who you are in our lives that others may be saved. We praise you, we thank you, in Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, God bless you. Go ahead and mill about, give somebody a hug, tell them that they're loved, tell them they're a little dusty. God bless you. Two. 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 Two.